To the Goodies Pirate Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Tom. I'm Richard. And this is episode 71 Robot, sometimes called Automation. First broadcast on the 9th of January 1982, a Saturday once more, 6 45 pm. Now, (laughs) (laughs) embarrassing pause. Yes. (laughs) Look, look, let me say I've now watched most of the ITV series in preparation for the next few weeks. There are a couple there that are better than I remembered, and I think the next couple coming up are probably the strongest ones of the season. And there's, yeah. there's some good stuff there. We said last week we quite enjoyed at least the first half of Snow White 2, for example. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of two that really doesn't work. It's not the worst of the season, but I think it is one of by far the weaker ones. And it is partly that because I'm going to say right at the front, this is less the goodies and more a really bad sitcom. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's probably fair. I actually was going to say it's better than I remembered it being from when I last time I watched it. There is some good stuff in here. I actually think the biggest problem with it is a lot of it is very dated now, and I, that was probably the biggest issue I had with it. Yeah, that, that is certainly a problem as well. I think both the goodies themselves look quite old, and we'll get to that when we talk about Bill's role. I, I don't disagree. There were some good jokes in this. As I say, I don't think it's the worst of the season. But it was wrapped up in this really awful faux sitcom type vibe that just didn't feel like the goodies to me. Tom, what about you? I totally agree with both of you guys on that. It's just such a change of dynamics when they've gone to ITV. And really, it's not a good fit. It also does have the problems. We'll get to the good stuff in a moment as we go through it. But it does also have a problem that there are several gags or plot devices in there that are recycled from earlier in the series. I mean, the very opening one as well we're about to talk about, which is Bill being fired. We have seen that before. Frankly, done better. I mean, Mm. he doesn't even get a piece of cheese in this one. No. (laughs) No, I think the ITV ones, and this is probably a theme I think we might come back to a bit as we go through these. Part of the issue, I think, is the fact that they're on at 6.45 in the evening very firmly puts them in a family time slot. Yes. And I think one of the things with this season is they've been maybe pushed or whatever into fitting that more family-friendly sort of format. You get the impression ITV perhaps have seen them more as a family show or one with broad appeal. So rather than sort of being that slightly surrealistic, edgy sitcom that that sat at, you know, 9 o'clock at night on BBC Two, and the goodies themselves, I think, have made a fairly similar point. They're now being forced into a more family time slot, which doesn't really suit them. It does feel a lot safer. Yes. Frankly, even than Snow White 2 last week. Yes, I think so. Which is interesting because Snow White was filmed after the first four. The way the way it was filmed was they filmed Robot Football Crazy, Bigfoot and Change of Life, then had a bit of a break, then came back and filmed Snow White and then filmed the last two. So maybe they were pushing the envelope a little bit more now that they've found their feet on ITV. Maybe. Maybe. Well, let's get into it. So it does open with Tim and Graham consulting the computer about their... Profits versus expenses, mm-hmm. realising that they need to lose a third of their labour and firing Bill. It's all done very quickly. And it's not a bad scene, but as I said, when I compare it to the version of Bill being sacked we've had in the past, well, a couple of times when Bill's been sacked mm. in the past, it just feels a little bit perfunctory. It is. It's very much, you're fired, get out. 
you know, and then Bill sort of does it. You're, you're trying to get rid of me, aren't you? Yes. I've always been an embarrassment to you. Oh, yes. You also wonder, watching this episode and indeed others in this series now, what is it the goodies do? Mm. At least in other episodes where they haven't been goodying, they've had their wacky scheme of the week. So they've gone and opened a bistro or they've gone and opened a breeding kennel. Yeah, they've had this week's job. Yeah, mm. whereas at the moment they just seem to literally just sit around being goodies without actually doing anything goodish. Like no. they're, not, they're not going out on jobs anymore. No, that's exactly right. I mean, this is entirely shot, really. They're just in the office and, yeah. And, and that's why I say it feels more like a sitcom where we just go to the situation where our comedy is happening and watch our three characters in their set do sitcom stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'll help by the fact that this very quickly becomes a family-type sitcom. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because we then get into what I think is one of the funny little scenes of the episode, which is Bill out on strike. <laughs> and he's marching up and down with a sign that says support your striking mate it rains, he snuggles up he looks a little bit pathetic the rain washes away some letters but I love then the enthusiasm with which he gets that passerby and said mate look at my sign, look at my sign <laughs> and it says up yours mate <laughs> like yeah. just turn around and just decks him <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah that, that was a really fun thing that was actually, that was quite a funny little sign so Bill goes back to the office we see him putting a whole lot of scraps in the bin yeah <laughs> And Tim says, there's no need to be tidying up before you leave. I'm not tidying up, I'm packing. (laughs) There's a scene there where he goes over the Mickey Mouse phone. It's part of Bill's own collection. He is a Mickey Mouse enthusiast and collector. There's a couple of times, I think, also in this season, you see there's a Mickey Mouse alarm clock Mm -hmm. there as well. That's also, I think, part of Bill's collection. Oh, wow. That's why they did that record. Yes, (laughs) that probably is, actually. Yeah, so we then get the sequence where all this time Tim is clearly being a little bit nervous... He's wringing his hands, he's pacing up and down. He looks like he wants to go to the toilet. Yes. <laughs> then he talks about how he and Graham are expecting. The, well, the Graham, Graham, it's nearly Graham's face. time, I think, is yes. the first thing he says. Yes, and just as Bill's going through the whole, that's not possible, it's not natural. First, what the hell are you talking about? Yes. And then, yes, then he goes through the, it's not possible, it's not natural, it's not even very nice. <laughs> <laughs> we then hear a pop followed by crying. Yeah. Now, actually, one quick note just prior to that. The bit where Tim comes running out and does his I'm a teapot. Yes. If you look in the window behind him, there's actually a bloke walking through the backdrop. He's only there for a split second. But yes, there's obviously a stagehand or something walking at the back of the set. But anyway. So Graham comes out. He's holding what looks like a baby and does his whole, it's a robot. (laughs) I, at this stage, I'm really struggling because, as I say, it just feels like a really bad episode of Full House or something. Sorry, sorry, sorry Tom, you had to correct me there. No, well, how can you tell it's a bad episode of Full House? <laughs> oh! <laughs> sorry, sorry, it's a tautology. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, or, you know, you, you know what I mean. It's, and particularly because, you know, there is that jumping the shark trope that the moment on any sitcom regulars have another baby is one of the signs that the sitcoms, you know, on the downward spiral. Yes, I was going to say, there was a a feeling when they were doing this about trying to make it a bit different from the BBC series. And I I think, look, there obviously wasn't the money to hire a fourth goodie, but I think they did sort of hit upon the idea of the robot, which Bob Spies, I think, in particular, was a bit sort of wary of, because much as you just said, we're in the ninth series and really you're introducing another character now. Mm. But yes, we have a robot. It's a self-augmenting pseudo-psycho-physical cybernetic module, (laughs) which actually doesn't really make any sense, I don't think, really, but the self-augmenting part probably does. Now, we don't see a lot of the robot at this stage. We then get to more sitcom-type stuff where it's 
effectively mum and dad, sorry, Tim and Graham, are in bed, and whose turn is it to get up and oil the robot? He's got post-robot depression. Graham, obviously, because Tim won't wake up, he has to get up. So, of course, he makes damn sure that Tim stays awake as well. Yes. Then you get the mum and dad thing about, well, there's no point us both being awake. I've got to get up and go to work in the morning. Yeah, and it's not awful, but it is undermined a little bit because through a lot of it I'm thinking... Get up and do what tomorrow? You don't do anything anymore. No, that's the thing. You don't really see them doing anything here. I mean, you get to make some jokes too about the bit where he's oiled the robot and then he gives it to Tim and then the robot... Yes. Gordon Bennett, what oil did you use? Yeah, there's a couple of good gags in here. But again, if I wanted bad mother and father having baby jokes, there are plenty of bad sitcoms I can watch. Yes, true. It's not really why I tune into the goodies. Family tiles will go ahead and do it. Yeah. Yes, well, that's it. the thing. You go from having the baby to next season, the baby suddenly aged three years, so, of course, the cast can now interact with it. Yes. Yeah. Which is exactly what we see here. And if there was any sense that this was a deliberate satire of that, maybe this episode could be saved a little more, but I don't think it is satire. I think it is just bad sitcom. Mm. But, of course, the upshot of all this is Graham wants an au pair. Pause while we think about how we handle the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so the next scene is where the au pairs arrive. Yeah, I mean, we're still doing the trope where Graham is obviously playing the maternal role. You know, he's there doing the ironing, holding the clothesline in his teeth while he's rocking the baby, while Tim's just very deliberately sitting there ignoring him and reading the paper. Yes, so the au pair candidates arrive. As you could probably predict, they are all young, voluptuous, blonde women. Yeah, Tim doesn't want them because he doesn't want some foreign slag in his house. Uh, Yeah, which, you know, playing Swedish punk records or whatever, and I was sort of like, oh dear. Oh dear, when he said that. And then, of course, there is the bit, yes, when the au pairs come in, and, of course, the first four that come in are all very attractive young ladies. And, of course, we then get, come in, ladies, and get them off. I mean, uh, yeah. Yes. And it's interesting having done this journey... We're now 71 episodes into the goodies. Mm. And having seen the progression of them and some of the things that you know we watched in the early 70s when they were very young, it was the 70s, and we go, look, we wouldn't get away with that now, but you know, we accept it. Now that we've just seen 71 episodes, it really is grating. And particularly when this looks like the 80s, and they now don't look like, you know, they're not that long out of university and they're still rebels and they're still push against the establishment, and they kind of do look like middle-aged men. Leering over these women. Yeah, it yeah. actually is quite uncomfortable. It's all like, now that we've gone to LWT, we've just landed directly into Benny Hill territory. Yeah, well, that's true, actually. And, I mean, then you get the bit where, of course, they then do the whole reversal thing, and then, of course, Tim's standing there saying, you know, she's horrible. Paper yeah. bag over the head. Because Graham doesn't want him to hire someone that could be a threat to their marriage. No, and that's the thing. And then, of course, he refers to Bill as that. Ooh. Yes. Ha- having said that, I must admit, it was quite funny. Bill has a really, really bad case of the giggles when he comes in. <laughs> and you notice there's a very obvious cut, clearly where he perhaps has utterly lost it, and they've had to go again. <laughs> yeah, so Bill has walked in in very bad drag. He's sort of got the Princess Leia stroke, Abba stroke, Swedish Muppet braids curled up on the side of the head. Yes, I am Helga. I am coming from Sweden. Yes, he, he's, he's got a you know, very bad you know, Madonna bra on underneath the jumper. I don't know what that is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the traffic cones. Yeah. yeah, well... And it looks terrible. And, and this is another thing where 
you know, a 20-something-year-old bloke walking around in drag, having fun. Yeah, okay, it's not really my kind of comedy, but mm. you get it. And they've done it many times before mm. and done it quite well. Bill pushing 40, dressed up in this, it really looks terrible. And it's Mrs. Doubtfire without the heart. Yes. Or, or the budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Robin Williams. I, I did find that quite difficult. And then, of course, you get the bit where they're making fun of Helder's accent, which is... I, no, I, th- I, I think, did not have a funny voice. But I think this is where it was meant to be exaggerated. She was meant to be such a counterpoint and deliberately looked, or Bill was made up to look deliberately bad. Oh, for the, of course. For, for, but, for was it? but all of those parts of that sort of led into that uh, section of it. The treatment thereof is yeah. less, less than desirable. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously they hire that or, or Helga. Yeah, as you say, Richard, that moment where Graham does turn points of Bill and says, I choose that. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, and of course they, they ask the other women out, but I guess it's in relief because then we go into the scene, they appoint Helga as the au pair, and we then go into the scene where Helga stroke Bill is trying to get rid of the robot. And this is a much more goodies-like moment, because this mm. is your traditional filmed insert stuff. It is. And I actually thought it was quite cleverly done. Yes. I think it's actually quite a fun little scene. I mean, it doesn't overstay its welcome. No, and Bill is having a bit of fun there. You get some of the fun gags with the robot playing around with the crane and everything. Yeah, and, and Bill being reversal. covered in what looks like oatmeal or something, <laughs> I think, when it dumps the concrete on him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I didn't mind that segment at all, and it ends with him basically putting the robot outside a scrapyard with a note on it saying, please look after this robot. <laughs> Running off down the street in his heels. <laughs> end of part one. Yes. Does anybody else see those end of part ones and just desperately wish that there was an ad coming? Well, there are ads. It's just they're real. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got to that point being going, oh, it's half over. <laughs> now, when they screened them here, though, they didn't keep to the part one, part two, did they? They no. broke them at the... Like a, they would in a traditional screening here, they broke them at the 10-minute mark, 20-minute mark. Oh, more often than that. We got one in between part one and part two, because I remember them coming up yeah. on the screen, but we also got the additional ad breaks. Usually one-third, two-third, and what right before the closing credit. So we get into part two. Now, part two opens with what's quite an interesting scene... Yes, while we're doing casual sexism, let's open with Tim having the OP over his lap smacking her. Yes, and clearly getting... Excited. Yes, by spanking her. We've got to remember that although we know that this is Tim smacking Bill, within the context of the plot, Tim genuinely believes that Bill is a young woman from Sweden. And was checking out her frilly... Underwear. Yes, showing her frillies, Yes. yes. It is actually quite uncomfortable to watch now, isn't it? And, and then Graham having a go at Bill slash Helga about... Um, getting Tim excited. G- yes, it was yeah. her fault. I, I actually was just watching that, just thinking, it's just really dated. Mm. I could probably forgive it a lot more if that moment had been the reveal of Bill, mm. in that Tim was smacking Bill, and then Bill does the whole, you've got to stop that, see, it's me, I'm Bill, so it takes the wig off. And then you would have the gag of Tim being so ashamed, or perhaps even funnier... I knew it was you all along and keep smacking him or something. Like that, that would kind of relieve this idea that Tim was just smacking a young foreign lady. Yes. They're now, of course, are trying to punish Helga because the robot has gone missing 25 times in two weeks. Yes. And Bill points out that the robot is growing up. It's not a kid anymore. Yes, that's right. He's growing up. He's out. Then we get the little scene of the home movies. That was kind of the same joke four times, wasn't it? Kind yeah. of. I mean, you have the robot falling over. Yeah, the robot falling over over. again. 
then you have it obviously being mean to Bill stroke Helga. Yeah. Or it spits the water on him, vomits on him. Yeah. Look, it was fine, but it was nothing special. We now move into the bit where we actually get to meet the grown-up robot proper. And I must admit, I do quite like the line because Tim and Graham are going back about whether it's a he or a she. And Graham does have the line, Robots are totally without sex. At which point the robot comes in with a lady robot. Not for much longer, baby. Nookie, nookie, nookie. Wallop, nookie, nookie. Which is very much uh, Metal Mickey. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk now about the robot. Now that we've seen it in its full terms. Um, and Metal Mickey. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's start off by just saying Metal Mickey was a very simple robot that was put together, originally seen on the Saturday Banana program. Yeah, so Bill had worked with Metal Mickey prior to Metal Mickey getting his own series. Yes, yeah. so 1978 Metal Mickey was first seen on, and he did a lot of stuff on ITV. He would often turn up in cameos. He was on a couple of Jim Fixits, for example, as well, oh. um, which is actually where uh, he was seen, and that was where he was commissioned to have his own show, which ran from 1980 to 1983. We probably had Metal Mickey uh, both the first run and a couple of repeat runs, fairly regularly through the mid to late 80s. Yes, we did. Uh, yes. And, and I certainly remember watching it when I was a kid, and I was very much the right age for it, and I loved it very, very much as a kid. I've gone back and watched a few of them, because a lot of them are now on YouTube. And, look, it is actually quite a funny, charming show. It's not brilliant, it's not great. Metal Mickey himself, though, has aged very badly. Yes. And, and, look, I guess that was always part of the gag in some ways, but now it just looks really, really Well, cool. I suppose he was meant to be... I mean, in the context, certainly, of the sitcom, I mean, he was meant to be a homemade robot. That's right. That suddenly developed all these additional powers. I think Irene Handelless Grandma is probably the best thing in it. But... Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget he had his own single as well. Yeah. Oh, God, With yes. The Metal Mickey Boogie. <laughs> so he was a bit of an institution for a while. He was very popular. Although the prop was pretty much thrown on the scrap heap the moment the show would cancel. No one kept it, apparently. <laughs> Although we need to mention, just as a side note for the audience, Mickey from... Uh, Mickey Delenz. Oh, Mickey Delenz, yes. Mickey Delenz from The Monkees was the showrunner for the series. It, it actually was, look, you know, for what was basically a kid sitcom. Mm. It was quite a big institution for a while. And as you said, Tom, there are very clear... Uh, allusions to Metal Mickey in here, and he's actually name-checked at one point. Yes, yes he is. So having talked about Metal Mickey as being a very cheap-looking robot, let's talk about the goodies robot, which yes. is even cheaper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, of course, inside the robot is David Rappaport. Yay. Oh, um, okay. Yes, who we saw last week, obviously, as the head dwarf, and had quite a good career. He was almost at his pinnacle at this point, too. Yes, because this would have been... Just before Time Man. Yes. Now, he is actually... He's only credited as the voice of the robot. Right. But it is him inside the robot costume, which he apparently was not particularly happy with because, as you just said, he was starting to get some really good quality work. Yeah. And obviously was a serious actor. And the goodies themselves, I think, later on felt a bit bad, actually, about writing this part for him where he was just encased in a shell. So the robot itself is a very basic prop in many ways. It's basically a tube with a dome on it 
and yes. a couple of rubber arms and a couple of rubber feet. It's not very sophisticated. And I get the goodies didn't have a lot of money, although ITV was putting a bit into this series. Well, the thing probably with ITV is they had the money, but they didn't have the resources yeah. probably that they took. And this, this is a recurring issue during the ITV run. We'll probably talk more about that perhaps at the end. But the one thing they found was, see, where is it the BBC? They had a prop store they could go and raid. They had a costume store they could go and raid. Lots of corporate knowledge. Yes, LWT didn't have those sort of resources. They didn't have dedicated people handling, you know, who could sit down and spend two weeks planning special effects with them. And as I said, this is going to be a recurring problem during the LWT run. So the robot looks cheap then, and it looks ridiculously cheap now. Oh, come on, he's got a nice shiny blue dome. And clearly at some point they've drilled holes in it to put the Christmas lights in. So. Yes. <laughs> it is unfair to compare the goodies to Star Wars, but by this stage we're up to Empire Strikes Back. That can we be are. Four. And R2-D2 is just a whole league ahead of its and, and I suppose considering that in the BBC series we actually see R2-D2, yeah, this is a step backwards, I guess. Yeah, but you almost wonder, was it deliberately so? But again, we're showing here on LWT and with our name-checking that they're doing throughout the episode, we're name-checking Tweaky. Yes, true. Uh, as well. You know, Buck Rogers was huge at this point yes, in it the was. UK. So all of this sort of things were just coming through. So was it deliberately made to be that bad? The sort of antithesis of those, because, I mean, they do name-check R2-D2, C-3PO, K-9, and Tweaky. They would have said Daleks, but Terry Nation wanted some money. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you're a Battlestar too, you could have thrown a dagger in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've introduced the robot. We've had a chat about the robot. We've, we've met we've, the female robot. We've met the female robot, which is basically the same thing, but pink with a bow on her head. Yes. Graham and Tim tell the robot, go to your room. And he says, well, that was the plan. And he turns around, come upstairs and check out my printed circuits. <laughs> Followed by the sound effects of, um, well... Something happening Something upstairs. Something happening upstairs, yes. And, and which is clearly violent enough to bring down parts of the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're now going to do another set of sitcom tropes, which is how do you deal with a wayward adolescent, the argument between the parents about how they bring it up, how Graham should have set a better example. And he does do the, oh, oh okay, I'll, you saw this out, I'll go off and get ready to... Yes, you know, and, and Bill giving them the lecture about your posh parents, all you do is you palm your kids off on them when no pair and then worry when they become terrorised. We get the whole scene where Tim's saying to the robot, what's wrong with giving you everything money could buy? And Bill says, well, that's the problem, you need to show it love. And look, if I turned on to the Brady Bunch, I would expect that conversation. I'm watching the goodies. Mm. I don't need to get a lecture about parenting, <laughs> especially one that isn't that funny and being delivered by a 40-year-old man with a pair of traffic cones down his jumper. Am I alone in this, or did you go? No, was this no not at all. They had okay. better parenting in 2001 and a bit. <laughs> Graham's idea of showing the robot an example is to dress up as sort of a like the Tin Man almost from <laughs> <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Son, I am a good robot. I work hard. Now, the robot's reaction to that is to get a bit excited. Yes. I, I think it fancies you. <laughs> um, it runs into the kitchen. We then get a whole spiel about how mankind doesn't need robots. We need to melt down C-3PO and K-9. Well, we have the big reveal where Helga reveals herself to be Bill. Yes. And, of course, Tim is actually quite happy to see Bill back. Yes. Oh, and we have missed the joke where they're worried that the robots turn into Bill and suddenly instantly grows a beard and bill hair. Which then, of course, leads into a, a bit of a spiel about, which, again, is one of the recurring themes of the episode, about how automation is replacing humans and putting them out of work 
etc. And we have our thing where, where we say melt C3PO and K9 down and Tweaky and R2D2 for scrap yeah. metal. The band doesn't need machines, machines are the bane of our existence. Yes. Graham's sort of doing the no, don't say that, don't say that. And then the robot turns into a union organiser. Right, boys, all out. Yep, and then we watch all the appliances just come out of the house. Yeah, yeah. so the stove, the washing machine. The toaster. Yeah, they all go on strike and walk out. This leads to our second film insert, and again, not a bad little one. Yeah, but notice it's overlaid with the comeback song. Yes. A new version of the comeback song. Yes. You notice actually it's basically Tim fighting the appliances here, not all three of them. Yes. I'm not sure what Bill's doing because Graham's obviously wandering around in his robot costume. Well, before it gets pulled off by the magnet. The magnet is the deus ex machina of the episode. Yes. Graham hands it to Tim. Tim, first of all, accidentally pulls all Graham's robot clothes off him, so he's wandering around in a lot of large underwear. It's not as easy in his undies. No. <laughs> and, and I must admit, watching it back, I, I kind of expected Graham to be in his undies. Like, that was the memory I had. Yeah. When you sort of see me like, the Long John's, the Skivvy, everything. He's yeah. like, okay, that really isn't as bad as I remember. Might have been a cold day when they filmed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks like it was a very cold day they filmed it. Actually. Yeah. It's very cold and wet. But all the appliances are running at Tim, so he uses the magnet to jump up onto the steel yeah, yeah, beam himself up, yep. Yep. And then all the appliances just smash into each other, and there's a big effects explosion. Yep. That's and where the budget went. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. that's their effects budget for the episode. It is a very good explosion. You get bits of appliance, you know, very clearly flying past. And we then go back to the goodies office, where we see Bill being used as a vacuum cleaner. Yes. Tim walks in, or the door opens the door, and just all the bits of appliance fall out in front of him. And the robot is back introduced here, and he's learned his lesson. Uh, he's he, most of his body work from the blown off him. daddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, so was the intent that this would be a recurring character now, or...? I think it was a case they saw an opportunity to introduce the robot into some of the scripts, mm -hmm. but I think there was a bit of resistance, I think, to suddenly just introducing this new character. Yeah. Plus, I think also, as we said a minute ago, I don't think David Rappaport was particularly happy about being encased in the suit, so... Yeah. It's left quite open-ended at the end of this story as to whether it's coming back or not. No, well, I mean, we know it does. We know it does. Spo spoilers, now, but it does. Now, yeah. now we know. Yes. <laughs> but only once. Yes. And we learn that, and this could have been the episode, mm. Graham now has this plan to replace all machines with clones of Bill. So we get the very quick and quite badly done stuff of Bill being various appliances. So there's Bill the gas cooker, Bill the computer, which is basically Bill just with a computer strapped to him. Yes. Uh, Bill the record player. Yes, Bill the mixer. Yeah. Now, that actually could have been quite an interesting idea for an episode. In the same way that we had animals last season where they were talking about replacing animals with people and all that sort of thing. Yeah. If they said, no, we're going to solve the automation crisis and the unemployment crisis by turning people into appliances, appliances or cloning or whatever. No, they'll use that as something else later on in this season too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that there's an idea there that could have been expanded and could have made for a funnier episode. But look, that is the end of the episode. If you're one of our listeners who enjoys this episode or isn't too keen when we basically bag an episode i apologize i hope that we've explained why we don't think this one worked but i stand by the fact that look, there are some good jokes in here there are some good scenes but the goodies look old it's a sitcom and it doesn't feel goodies to me it i keep saying it, it feels like a bad sitcom yeah. Do you, i'm wondering if they suffer from this missing five minutes i mean you had a bbc episode and it runs 28 29 30 minutes yeah. in some cases and here we are literally pushing 25 25 and, minutes. and it would be a hard 25 that, minutes too so they can fit in the ads so i'm just wondering are they losing 
that ability in a way to really explore to really and fresh out. And especially Maybe. when you've got a 45 second opening credits and a 45 second closing credits. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I, I think that there are things that you could do that would make this work. You could actually make the whole automation unemployment thing a lot more overt. Uh, you could have actually had Bill doing a lot more as Helgram, I mean, and you could have gone down that. Not that Mrs. Doubtfire was, you know, remotely out yet, but but the sort of things that Mrs. Doubtfire does, like you could have had Bill doing a lot more. If you're going to get him into the Helga costume, mm. do more with it. As I say, more of the cloning. It, it does feel like a lot of ideas that are wasted in favour of watching Graham and Tim basically have domestic squabbles. You wonder if I went down that path for the very reason that Tim and Graham probably make the more sitcom-looking parents. Yeah. Because you'd almost think that Tim would probably make a better al pair than Bill. Yes. Yeah, it well, is actually I'll, interesting. I'll... It's not Tim in drag here. Yes. And let's be honest, look, there's a lot of things Bill is very good at. He doesn't pull off the drag here at all. And I was going to make the point earlier, and I, I didn't, but I will now. Looking at it now, Graham and Tim actually look really stupid that they don't recognise Bill. Mm. I mean, we've had the conceit before that when they get in the costume, they can't always recognise each other. And, okay, this is just such a bad costume. And it is so obviously Bill. Like, he's got a beard. <laughs> That's meant to be the joke, isn't it? It is, but it's... I mean, look, you yeah. might think it's not a particularly good joke, but I mean, yeah. that's obviously meant to be the joke. It's very obviously Bill in a costume. Mm. Yeah, look, I've given my thoughts and I think we've thrashed yeah, this one. Yeah, I think so. Enough. All right, well, we'll move then into our regular segments. Tropes and firsts. Well, there was a teapot impression. Yes, there is. We're going to reuse the comeback song. Yes. Tim Drew's Maggie. Yes, that's true, actually. Yes, when he's in bed and he's trying to stay asleep. Not now, Maggie, not now. <laughs> Uh, that's all I have. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. I mean, there's one of them in drag, but it's not Tim, so... It's almost an anti-trope. Yes. <laughs> Two versus one. Yes, actually, that's true. Again, an anti-trope, it's actually Bill who's the odd one out here. Mm. Not Tim. Yeah, interesting. What couldn't they get away with today? Let's just say the entire scene with the au pairs. Obviously the bit about spanking, and then during the home video movie actually hitting... Helga, mm, when, when yeah. she drops the baby and whatever. You see both Tim and Graham hitting her. Yeah, yes. and again, it could all be recovered if the joke was they knew it was Bill all along and they just enjoyed the chance to hit him. Yes. Like, that could have been an invert of that. Well, we'll move then into our favourite gag. There was actually a line of Bill's I quite like when he's leaving and he says, I know when I'm licked. Oh, and it feels lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually think that was quite funny. Uh, Look, I'm always going to go for uh, Don't Make Me Laugh. Graham, there was a man with a wooden wire. I said, Don't Make Me Laugh. <laughs> I quite like a couple of the lines the robot gets, particularly the uh, response what? to robots are totally without sex, not for much longer, baby. But I'm going to go for one of the ones right up the front, which is that bit that I mentioned earlier about Bill saying, I've always been an embarrassment to you, and the others replying, Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, that was Robot. Look, not one of our favourite episodes, but hopefully we've had a good discussion about why we think it doesn't work. Next week, though, we have got what I think is possibly the best of this series. Uh, we'll discuss that next week. That is, of course, Football Crazy. Mm, and on your way to Wembley, maybe you'll take a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum.
is he? Where is he? Where is he? She. You mean she? Tis a she, isn't it? No, it's a he. <laughs> but I always wanted a little girl. Well, it's a boy. Oh, well, it's, it's a robot. I mean, robots are totally without sex. Not for much longer, sweetie. 